You're listening to The Marketing Trench, the official podcast where no real estate professional gets left behind in the pursuit of building a business they can be proud of. A podcast designed to help you build the foundation of a powerful real estate career. Join real estate experts Ricardo Bueno, Marketing Technology Director at West, Dustin Stevie, CEO of Lighthouse Escrow, and Scott Shang, partner at Bywise Mortgage and founder of Find My Way Home, as they bring you real-world strategies, marketing ideas, and solutions straight from the trench. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the Marketing Trend Podcast. It is exciting to see you guys, and especially we have a guest today, Jeb Smith. We're going to be talking today about how to uh, just basically how to win in today's market using video. Videos obviously become just a big part of our life. We're meeting on screens, the belly-to-belly communication, the in-person stuff has obviously been greatly diminished. You know this, I know this. The question is how to do video well, how to create the content, what is gonna help you succeed? Uh, Does it have to be massively produced or can you do something that's maybe even just like regular dude stuff, right? So we're gonna explore that today with our guest, Jeb Smith. He's with Coldwell Banker. He's an agent with Coldwell Banker. He also works often with Scott and his team over at Bywise Mortgage. They're good friends. Uh, Jeb knows Ricardo. He doesn't like to talk about it. We understand why. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'm going to hand this over to Scott to give us an introduction to who Jeb is and uh, why we brought him on today's show. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I want to welcome everybody, and especially you, Jeb. Thanks for thanks for coming on. Um, yeah, Jeb and uh, and Josh have been friends. I don't know forever, just about. So that's where I met you. Um, and I know that as long as I've known you for like the last three years. Um, you've always been doing YouTube videos and you've always been talking about, I want to get this traction. I want to build up my YouTube channel. And um, and I know you've had some success in the past. So really what I want to explore here is, is when did you decide you wanted to start doing video? How long were you doing it? Um, and then what, and then we're going to talk about what happened when it changed. So when did you start doing video? When did you start doing your YouTube videos? Oh, wow. So, you know, this takes us back probably seven, eight years ago, right? When when I start first started posting things on YouTube and like a lot of people at the time really had no idea what I was doing. I mean, if you go back to the those videos are still up there, unfortunately, um, <laughs> still trending on the website, uh, the web somewhere. But, you know, if you go back and look at the, the early videos of Josh and I on video, I mean, they are absolutely awful um, and, and hilarious to watch, by the way. But, you know, we were doing them, um, you know, we, we knew video was going to take off, right? I mean, there was a lot of people out there pushing video. Tom Ferry at that time was, was still pushing video. I mean, he's clearly, he's still pushing it, but back seven, eight years ago, he was pushing it then. And so, you know, I was doing one video a month, primarily like a market update, um, just to kind of keep people informed. It was conversations that I was having a lot of times with clients, with prospective buyers, prospective sellers. So I thought, you know, I'll put it on camera. And at the time, you know, getting in front of a camera and talking was very difficult. I mean, you should see the, I mean, if we had outtakes from, from the number of times that we screwed up and, and I mean, it was, it was, it was difficult to, to even, um, to film a five minute video because we would screw up a thousand times and I just couldn't get through it. So I went through that through a teleprompter phrase where, you know, I was doing a teleprompter to now just kind of doing, you know, everything ad lib and just speaking in front of the camera. So it started back then and it's been up until about um, maybe six months ago, it was just one video a month. 
Um, and then at that point I went to three times a week and now I'm at somewhere between four to five times a week. Okay. Let's back up a little bit. Um, you said, you said when you first started, you were using scripts and you were using the teleprompter. Um, and then you stopped using the teleprompter and you just started Correct. going, it started going naturally. Um, how, what was that transition like? Because I know I've experienced that in the past. Um, I've tried to use teleprompters and a lot of times it feels like you're reading from a teleprompter. I think it's a lot more scary thinking about, uh, about uh, walking that wire without a net than it actually is. But <laughs> what was that transition like for you to say, you know what, I know this stuff. I don't need to read it. You know, it, it's it's it was difficult. Um, it's still difficult in some in some ways because you know you're trying to get thoughts out of your head onto a screen, you know, it, on a video without having to. You know, if you watch my videos, you'll see that I screw up in the videos and I keep going. I don't do, yeah, in, you know, out of a hundred videos, there might be one that has a little bit of editing. Um, I try to shoot it all in one take, whether it's a, a five minute video or a, a fifteen minute video, just not. To, not because I'm, I'm lazy and I don't want to do edits, but I'm trying to be authentic um, and, and just kind of keep rolling with it. And I don't, you know, want to have to uh, go back and, you know, just because I screwed up one word, shoot a whole clip. So, you know, going off the teleprompter was was difficult, but at, at the same time, it was almost like a sense of relief because, you know, reading those teleprompters, if you've ever used them, getting the speed down to where you're actually reading it mm -hmm. and it sounds natural is very, very difficult versus, you know, reading it and trying to catch up with where you were and, and you're going too fast. And so it's it's not as easy, um, you know, maybe unless you have somebody working behind a teleprompter, you know, where they can direct the speed. But in, in the case where I was, it was, you know, you set it up before you get in front of it, go, and then it starts running and then you're, you know, playing catch up the whole time. So, you know, it was a sense of relief almost to, to, to get off of it. Um, you know, and, and just be able to talk freely, like I'm having a conversation with, with you guys now. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then, so, so about six months ago, you went from once a month to about three times a week. Um, did you see a significant jump in your, uh, in your subscribers and your engagement, um, during that period of time? We're not up to, we're not up to COVID time yet. So from that six months. Up no, to no. So yeah. So, I mean, so the, as I started posting more videos, I started getting more subscribers, you know, you know, your, my initial subscriber base of say a hundred was primarily like past clients, friends, family, that sort of thing that, that jump started that say first hundred. And then the next say two to 300 people were people that found me organically um, on YouTube from, from posting videos. And you know, th those were when I went to those three times a week, um, like, you know, when, when getting started with this thing, you started, you know, when doing YouTube, if you will, there's a lot of videos out there to tell you, you know, how to gain some, how to gain a subscriber base and how to get to so many followers and, and all of that stuff. And what you'll find in, in any of that stuff that I've, you know, listened to is consistency, right? Consistency is, has been the key in, in every single video that people say with regards to posting to YouTube. And, 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 and the more often you post, you know, the, the algorithms pick it up and so on and so forth. So I started going to three times a week and I saw the subscriber base kind of ramp up, but not anything like it has in, say, the last 45 days where 
you know, I, right. which Let's is the sexy part. All, all <laughs> videos that I'm doing, I've changed a lot of the, just how I'm approaching it. And I think that's mm -hmm. probably part of, of the growth as well. I just so, I want to weigh in real quick and just note, Jeb, it, you didn't say anything here in, you know, in this period that we're examining, you didn't say anything about paying for leads or running ads or anything like that. You just, put, you did exactly what you were doing. You just did it more often and you got more people. Am I hearing you right? No, absolutely. Yeah. So, but, you know, I, I'm trying to run this exactly like I run my real estate business, which is relational, right? So my business last year, I closed 31 transactions. Um, I, it was 95% of that was, was referral. The other, you know, 5% or so came from somebody that found me online or what have you. So my business is very relational. So I'm trying to approach this the same way. I'm trying not to spend money on, on the advertising aspect. I want to grow this organically as much as I can. I mean, I think once you get to a point, there's an opportunity to, to pay and get growth and that sort of thing, which I'm, I'm well, we can dive into that in a minute, but to answer your question, yeah, no, nothing paid hundred percent organic. How, how many subscribers did you have? Let's say, let's call, let's call it pre COVID 45 days ago. Where, where, where do you think, how many subscribers did you have at that point before you started uh, doing it every day? I would say probably around three in the threes in the three hundreds. So three hundred to three fifty probably was the number at that time. So forty five days later, doing daily videos, how many subscribers do you have now? I think last time I looked, which was earlier this morning, I think I was at one point three. So a thousand three hundred, thirteen hundred. Jeff, we're gonna actually have over that, like thirteen that something, but yeah, over thirteen hundred. We're going to have some people that are listening to this afterwards. So assuming nobody knows who you are, what you're talking about, what were you talking about in those videos specifically? Yeah. The, the most recent ones or, or oh, prior just, to just, just when you decided to start to do video, what sort of content were you talking about and how long were the videos? Got it. So I, I think I'm answering your question, Ricardo. We're talking about initial videos or the most recent ones, just to uh, clarify. Both, both. When you first started the okay. videos way back okay. when and, yeah. So, so originally they started out again as market updates. So kind of Orange County, Huntington Beach. I tried to tie, you know, the cities that I, that I, I work in because um, I'm here in Southern California into the title of those videos. And, and those are my videos, right? I sent them to my database. And then over time I started doing um, videos that I thought people would find helpful. You know, I started because I wanted to, um, I want, I didn't want to create content. Uh, because I think creating content is difficult, but what I wanted to do was answer a question, right? Answer a question that somebody has that I get on a daily basis. For me, that would be very easy to do versus having to start from scratch and create something. Um, so what I did was I started writing down the questions that I get on a daily basis. You know, um, you know, what is a 1031 tax exchange? What is hard money? Uh, you know, what is a VA loan? What is an FHA loan? Whatever those questions were, I wrote them down. And so I started doing videos on topics that became, um, you know, that I was most often asked. And then as, you know, that progressed, you know, which is we, we were kind of, I was still doing those prior to pre-COVID. And then somebody said something on more or less the day that we, we, we got the stay at home order in California, which was, I think around March 13th, Friday 13th, I believe it was, we were, we were actually in the process of moving offices and, and there was an agent in my office and I heard him talking and he was talking to somebody that was pretty fearful about what was going on. Just, you know, the, the fact that there was a shutdown happening and there was all this stuff happening. 
And he made a comment and he wasn't talking to me directly, but I heard him and he said, you know, nothing spreads faster than fear. And I thought, you know what, how true that is. And so I started thinking, well, hey, if I'm, how can I do videos, right? I translated it somehow into video and said, how can I do videos where I can address somebody's fears? How can I talk about something that people are right now, they're scared about? Are you interested in about things real estate? sold something, you know, and then I, you know, a conversation with Josh, um, like you mentioned earlier, Josh Lewis of Buywise, we I said, you know, we, we had a conversation. He said, what about forbearance? I said, great. And so I started doing research on forbearance and forbearance for me has been the, the difference in a thousand plus subscribers in the last 45 days addressing that topic because, you know, I've addressed people's fears, um, you know, because a lot of people that have that question, you know, how do I get forbearance? What is forbearance? Do I qualify? All of those questions that anybody that's going through that have, the last thing they probably want to do is call someone they know, like their real estate agent, their mortgage person, mm -hmm. somebody that actually knows them and knows who they are and their friends and family because they're embarrassed in a lot of cases, right? I mean, they shouldn't be because this isn't in their control, but they're embarrassed in some cases and they just want answers without having to have that conversation. So I started doing videos on things that were related to, you know, what were happening right now, like trending topics, whether it's, you know, the CARES Act, stimulus, anything pertaining to what we're currently experiencing because it's addressing someone's fears. And that's really where I started to see the growth. I mean, I saw people engaging, um, you know, I never got comments on videos prior to, to doing this. Now I would say the average video has probably 20, 30 comments on it. Um, someone, some upwards of, of a couple hundred. And, and I go through as someone that, you know, enjoys doing this sort of thing and, and try to answer these people's questions. I'm trying to get more information. And then when somebody in there has a question, I assume that if they have that question, a lot of people that are going through this probably have that same exact question. So then I take that and use that as a topic for another video. And then I'm trying to keep people up to date of what's going on in that world, all while, you know, remaining relevant, you know, not being salesy. I'm trying to just provide um, information, you know, try to be a source of, of clarity for people and, um, you know, and, and help guide them through through crazy times in their life. And then, you know, hopefully, you know, at some point in the future, you know, if they're local or what have you, they, they think of me. I mean, right. I mean, it's I'm not here to uh, to sell anything. But at the same time, if I can provide value and somebody, you know, can benefit from that. In the long run, I think ultimately, you know, my business grows because of that. And and we've seen, you know, Josh benefit from from videos. I mean, he has people reaching out to him. Um, I've actually had people reach out to me with regards to, to real estate in other states where I've actually referred people to other states and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's in, it's definitely engaging and it, it, it has some traction. That's awesome. I'm, Jeb, I'm interested in the comment you made about how it's hard to create content regularly. I feel like that's definitely something I've personally struggled with as I've done video, but it's also something I've run into a lot of people struggling with. Um, for you, you know, when I scroll that page, you got you got a lot of stuff here. Uh, it's insane. Scott Scott told me he's like, man, Jeb Jeb's a monster at creating video. I'm like, okay. And then I looked at your channel. It's like, oh my god. So besides just writing down questions that people ask you. Are you are you putting ideas anywhere else on paper? How are you how are you just generate? Do you just wake up, turn the camera on, and whatever comes out comes out? <laughs> what are you doing, man? I, 
I mean, to some extent, yeah, it's, it's, it's become that it wasn't that some, some time ago. I mean, this has almost become, you know, this has become competitive now for what, you know, I'm a competitive person by nature um, <laughs> and seeing how this thing grows and, and trying to figure out the algorithms. I, I'm, I'm a technical person by nature. I, I'm a computer science major. Um, I've never done anything with it. Uh, but you know, I have that in, in, in the back of my head and I'm, I'm technical in that regard. So being able to, to figure out how growth happens, how you are able to trigger certain things and <laughs> it, it kind of snowballs is interesting to me. Um, and so, you know, I do, I wake up in the morning, man, and I start, I start looking for content. I start looking at housing wire. I start looking at Inman. I start looking at CNBC real estate. And I'm not a subscriber to any of these, these, uh, you know, uh, online newspapers, if you will. Um, I just use them as a source to gain information. And then I take that topic and I go out and I research it and I try to find out information. Another thing I do is, is I have people that, you know, I follow on YouTube, right. That, that I think do a good job. And so, and, and a lot of these guys are up to date on trending topics. And so what I'll do is I, if I'm struggling with the idea of creating something, I'll go watch those guys and say, Hey, what did, what did they put out today? And what I will tell you is that the guys that are, that I'm following that are really growing, I mean, crazily are like, they are really following the trend. They are all trending topic stuff. It's, you know, it's, it's very difficult. What I found at least, you know, in, in being in real estate, is to stay strictly on real estate and not branch out at all. It becomes like a tree to some extent, right? You've got to have your base, and but at some point you've got to kind of branch off that tree. And I didn't want to do that initially. I wanted to stay solely real estate, but it's become difficult, right? So then I started talking about mortgage finance. You know, I I was actually a you know I was on the mortgage side for ten plus years, so I understand the finance side, fortunately, and I can talk to it not not to the level that you know, your Scots and your Josh's can right now, but in, in the heyday I could. So I have some basic knowledge of it, um, which helps me in, in communication and having conversations with Josh and Scott, if we ever do videos online or whatever, or whatever. But, you know, then you start figuring out, okay, where else can this go and still pertain to real estate? Well, right now it's trending topic. I, I think that makes you, you know, you know, in order to kind of keep that content flowing because if you limit yourself too much on the content, it becomes very, very difficult to branch it, you know, to, to, to think of where you want to go each morning. I mean, to shoot five videos a week and you want them, you know, in, in my understanding, you want to be somewhere around that 10 minute mark if you can, yeah. um, on anything that on say YouTube, you know, that's 50 minutes of content. And, and if you're just talking about real estate, people are going to get really tired of hearing you. I mean, I can tell you on my, you know, to just to finalize that point, my, my marketing videos, my monthly marketing updates, which in my eyes probably provide the most value because I'm telling you what's happening in the actual real estate market, whether you're buying, selling, investing, whatever you're thinking, they get less views than, than anything. I mean, I think I posted one yesterday. I don't know how many views it has, but nothing as, you know, like addressing the topic of forbearance or doing an update on forbearance because those spread. It, it's insane. You know, you said you said something really important that I, I was able I'm able to relate with it. It really parallels kind of my experience writing. So and you said you don't know how to create content, but video is content the same as text is content. Mm -hmm. and, and quite frankly, video is actually better 
because you can pull out the video, you can pull out the audio, you can transcribe it, and now you have copy. So you have text. So you have three different mediums. But one of my experiences when I first started writing, it was really hard at first. It was really hard. You felt like you didn't know. You're kind of putting yourself out there. And you also kind of feel like, I don't know if you felt like this, but I was scared to death of making mistakes. So what I found is it made me do more research before I started doing this content. And I found that it made me exponentially better at my job and, and it was easier for me to answer questions and have conversations because I really had to know what I was doing. And then another thing that you you mentioned that was also something that I experienced uh, with just writing was you when you start to get those comments, you answer every single every question you can. And then you create this feedback loop. You create a, a consumer driven feedback loop and you're hundred percent right for every person that raises their hand or says something there are exponentially more people that have that same question that just won't speak up so statistically speaking one person asking that question there's a bunch of people out there that that have it right. so so how how much of i mean how how much of this um is bit really build your confidence. I mean, how much of how how much of your I mean, you've been doing this a really long time, so you know what you're doing. But do you feel more confident about having conversations? I mean, even your market reports, you spent a lot of time making sure you knew how many listings were in your were in your territory, what the absorption rate was, how many sales there were, right? So you at least once a month had to know A to Z what was going on in your market. Do you feel like that right. really helped you as a professional be, being by trying to put, trying to educate other people about, about real estate topics? No, absolutely. I mean, you know, the one thing here, right? So I'm doing this to provide value to other people, but what I failed to mention is that I get just as much value out of yep. the, that content as, as the people that are, that are watching it. Right. Because I had to do the research on it um, and or read on it or, or whatever it was to, to come up with that information. So yeah, it makes me not only, you know, you know, somebody gaining on you, it makes me a better real estate agent. It makes me a better, um, yep. you know, friend, if you will. I mean, you know, I'm, cause I'm having these conversations with people that aren't clients as well. Maybe my neighbor, maybe whoever, and you know, I can prov I can actually talk about it in detail and and feel comfortable that I know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, people as a um, you know as an asset in, in some regards without really knowing me. You know, I mean, I get people. It's crazy. Like I, you know, before um, the full COVID thing set in, you know, I would see uh, friends, um, my kids' friends' parents at school. You know, so people that we knew but didn't really know, and and occasionally they would say, "Hey, I saw your video on YouTube," and I'm thinking, "Oh my god, like no." <laughs> I do that to yourself. Uh, but they, but the, the the comments were always the same. Hey, I really love that stuff. You're really easy to understand. You kind of break it down in really simple terms. You know, you're not technical and all of that stuff. And so, you know, as as, as scary as it is to me for me to still watch it, I don't enjoy watching my videos. Like anybody that's probably listening to this if they're just starting you're going to hate your voice chances are you're going to hate the way you look yeah. it's never going to be perfect but yeah. you've got to you know get in front of the camera and just shoot it um you know because chances are you're criticizing yourself way you know way more than anybody is going to watching you right they, they don't care what you look like chances are they don't care what you sound like 
as long as you're providing the information in a way they can understand it. Okay. That that's, yeah, that's, that's awesome. And, and that was, that was my experience as well. And it's just, you have to battle through all of that insecurity. And I mean, I still, I don't watch the replays of these things. <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't rewatch videos of myself. I won't do it. I'm just like, I can barely look at myself right now, but, but we get out here and we have these conversations and we do it. Um, so how many, how many views have you had on your videos? I thought you had that number in the last 45 days. Uh, so let's see. Can yeah, you get that on your analytics? And then, and then my second question for you is, um, you know, we're, we're, we're about halfway through a little bit more. What are maybe like the top five things that you think are the single most important things that you need to do? I, I know you make little thumbnails for all of them. I know you write some descriptions and put some links in there. Um, I'd love to hear what you think your best practices or what your best practices are um, for those types of things. If somebody's out there maybe doing videos, but don't think they're doing it quite right or think they can improve um, or maybe just getting started and want to do it right. Okay. Yeah. So to answer the first question, um, 62,000 views in the last 45 days. Um, oh, that's all. You've only had 62,000 conversations with people without having to be face to face with them. Yeah, sixty-two thousand. So it equates to like five and a half hours of, of time. And what that broke down? What, and you said your videos are you try to keep them around ten minutes? Around well, in theory, right? So I would say the majority of them are probably somewhere between like five and seven minutes. Recently, I've tried to go longer uh, to play with those algorithms that that used that YouTube has in there because you know they they go off watch time, right? And so what what I initially thought. Um, and, and I'll kind of parlay into your question here in a moment, but I initially thought the shorter the video you film, the more likely it is for somebody to watch the whole thing, yeah. right? I mean, in theory, that sounds right. If I film a three minute video, somebody's more likely to, to watch three minutes of it versus me filming a 10 minute video and then watching 10 minutes of it. It actually isn't true, right? So what they, <laughs> what they find is that the longer the video, the more people watch you know, that halfway mark of it, if you will. So on average, if you have a three minute video, people are watching it for about a minute and a half. If you have a 10 minute video on average, people are watching it for about five minutes and, the, and it goes on. I mean, and it, it, I can back that up based on videos that, that I've posted. I mean, Josh and I have done videos the last week, I'm sorry, the last two weeks on Fridays. And those videos have gone anywhere between 24 minutes, I think in like 29 minutes. And the average view time on those videos is somewhere between 12 and 14 minutes. Huh. So it, it's true. I mean, the longer the video, the, the more people will hang on. And so with that said, YouTube likes longer videos, right? They want to keep people engaged. They want to keep people on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And therefore, they, you know, when they, when they start seeing things that match the algorithm, right, which I don't know what it is, but I mean, in watching enough of this stuff and kind of seeing what has worked for me, they, they like consistency. They like um you know, they like longer videos and, and, you know, and there's other things they like, but those being two of the big pieces, you know, the, the more they'll show it and, and ideally the more they show it, you know, the more people watch it, more subscribers, so on and so forth. But so five top things, um, that, that I would say have helped me, um, or that I think are, are kind of crucial in, in the first step. Um, one you mentioned are thumbnails. I, I think thumbnails are, um, I think they're, I think 
you know, they really help catch somebody's eye, right? Because if you have a, a, a video labeled, um, you know, the same way that I do, say you and I both post the same content, we both have the same exact title, mine has a, you know, a funky little thumbnail and you is just a picture of yourself or a dog or a cat or whatever you want to put on there, people are more likely to, to, to pick something that's somewhat engaging, right? And so there's so many uh, apps out there now that you can use, whether it be, I mean, do, you want, do we list these? I mean, where are we okay to yeah. talk about all that? Yeah. Whether it be Snappa, which is what I use, um, or how Canva you, or one of those. I'm sorry? How do you spell that? S-N-A-P-P-A. Is so Snappa.com. an iPhone um, app? I, 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 I'm sorry? Is that a phone app? No, it's it's a web-based. Oh, okay. Um, and, and I find it, I think it's way better than Canva per, for, for just thumbnails. Um, I think with what they have. So I would say 99 um, out of a hundred of my thumbnails, there's way more than a hundred, but you know, just doing the, the, the odds here are from Snappa, right? So I go in, I find something I like, I change it. It's very easy to change, very easy to use. So, you know, doing that and I don't, come out and take pictures, what I do on video to get that thumbnail image. So I stand there in front of the camera, make stupid faces for the first <laughs> 20 seconds of the video. And then I screenshot it. I take that screenshot, upload it into Snappa and create the uh, the thumbnail. So the thumbnail is important. Um, but I will tell you one, one thing I forgot to mention that I do think is important is there's, uh, there's a couple of different web plugins um, for Chrome that I think you know, will really help you in, in getting videos seen and knowing what to put. And, you know, whether it's vidIQ, um, which these are both subscription-based uh, services. I don't have the subscription. Um, I just have the, the free web plugin. So vidIQ is one. And then there's another one called... Um, is it 2 uh, I'm drawing a blank. Is it 2Bix? T-U-B-I-T? No, it's SubTube, though. It's, uh, I forget what it is, but anyway, um, you know, they, they, what they do is they analyze the video, right? And so they can show you, um, you know, I can speak directly for the, the vidIQ ones is it tells you, you know, certain keywords, um, that, that may register well that, you know, that viewers on, on Instagram are, are looking at, but it, what it also does is say, for example, you like my video, you see it does well. It has the ability to go in and look at the keywords that I've used on that video, and you might be able to take some of those keywords depending on how well they ranked because it shows you the ranking on some of those keywords huh. and use those in your video. That is a way to kind of, you know, hack, if you will. Everybody loves that, loves that term hack. Hack that algorithm a little bit by using those, um, those keywords. And that will bring me into the third point, keywords really, really important. I mean, as, you know, the, the, the big YouTubers, the big um, guys out there, the, you know, the real influencers, if you will, they don't have to use keywords because they've already built that, that audience. So if you go look at the keywords that they use on videos, most of them are just built around their brand. Um, they're not really built on search algorithms or, or that sort of thing. Um, but I watched a video some time ago, I mean, maybe six months ago, right when I started doing the three three uh, videos a week, and the guy brought a really important topic up, you know, and this is when you and I uh, talked as well, Scott, and and that was, you know, I used to type in keywords right into to, to YouTube, like you know, if I was talking about uh, FHA, it might be FHA loan, mortgage, or whatever, but 
nobody searches like that, right? Nobody goes into Google and types FHA. They type, what is an FHA loan? What is an FHA 203K loan? Or what is 203K? 203, you know, think of it how you would actually type it in. And so that's what I started doing. And I started making my keywords questions, right? I'm not putting a, you know, a question mark after it, but I'm putting questions as keywords. So in, so in that example, 203K, it might be, what is a 203K? That, that's you know, what I wanted. That's what I wanted to ask you when you, when you're talking about keywords. This is the keywords that you're keeping that you're putting in the description, the copy of the description. No. Is this different from your tags, or this is these so are? I'm, I'm talking tags. So okay, uh, improperly. Uh, yes, yeah, so, well, I'm talking tags, not keywords. So okay. the description, though, I I then try to use that. in my description as many of those tags, if you will, when I type it out. Right. So. I'm, I have an introduction, you know, I'm sorry, like a brief paragraph at the top that, I, you know, the first sentence or two, you want to kind of catch somebody's attention that, you know, because that shows up um, in, in areas other than, say, YouTube where people are searching. And if I try to keep that sentence relevant to something somebody would want to know, I'm asking a question in most cases because I want them to either click on the video or click on the, the description. And then from there, I go in and I try to, to write in a way that's legible, but more in a way that's SEO friendly so that it's, I can use those keywords in that content. And I tried to, you know, you know, you get 5,000 uh, characters. Uh, I lost you guys. Sorry about that. I hit the camera. Uh, you get 5,000 characters in uh, YouTube in the basic uh, description box. For a while I was trying to use it all. I found that's very difficult, and very time consuming. <laughs> um, and it didn't really matter as much as long as you had certain things in there. And so, you know, now I'm, I'm keeping it shorter, trying to primarily use those keywords. And when you do that, you know, the plugin, like I mentioned, that VidIQ plugin, you know, it, it gives you a ranking of how your video, how they think it's going to do based oh, wow. on certain, based on certain features and, and certain things that you've, you've completed within their checklist, so to speak. And so one of those things is, you know, how many of those keywords did you use? How many of them were triple keywords or double keywords or whatever it was? And it rates that and it says, okay, based on all of that stuff that you put in, we think that this should perform well, right? You know, it gives you a green, an orange or a red kind of, it, oh, it's a number, but it turns color as it reaches a certain number. Um, and so I try to use that um, as much as possible. I mean, you know, and then if I find a video that does well, Maybe I take those exact same keywords again and say, you know what, I'm just going to take 100% of that, copy and paste it and do it again and see if it if it catches on. I mean, a lot of the guys that I've seen out there that are super successful at this have said, you know, I could take a video that I shot eight months ago, same video, same thumbnail, same 100% everything, repost it. The first time it got, you know, say a thousand um, views, this time it gets 50,000. And it's just because either your subscriber base has gone up or it's just a timing thing with, with the algorithm or whatever. So, you know, if you find something that works and right now, you know, trending topics for me have worked. So I've tried to stick to them as much as possible. Um, although I'm finding it more and more difficult every day, it, it seems to be the way to, to really, you know, and you're, and you're kind of getting an audience, right? I mean, you're getting, uh, people to um, to kind of follow you on that topic, and those are people that will likely subscribe to your channel. But to answer to, to one thing, I will follow up with that though is that with the analytics in YouTube, you can see who's viewing 
you know, videos and, and that sort of thing, I'm still at like 95% of the people that view my videos aren't subscribed to me, right? So wow. there's still a big market out there for people that are watching, you know, the content that haven't yet subscribed. They may never subscribe, but, you know, you can see that even though I'm doing the same videos, you know, not the same video, but the same topic kind of over and over again, it goes more in depth and I'm addressing uh, the changes that may have happened today versus yesterday or whatever, you know, it, I'm still getting subscribers, but yet the majority of people that are still watching those haven't, haven't done anything. Yeah. I wonder if there's a reason. I don't even know where I was on the number of things that I was, uh, <laughs> I said vid IQ, um, thumbnail plugin, you know, keywords, audio was important, right? I mean, the audio right now, I think probably I, on this video probably sucks because I don't have a microphone <laughs> to plug into this webcam I have. Um, but in theory, you know, use, use a microphone. Sound is very important. People are not going to stick around if the sound quality is awful. Um, I've learned that, you know, myself, I mean, I've had people reach out to me and say, dude, I love the content. But the, the audio sucked. Um, so, you know, change it up. So I, I try to use a lapel mic or some sort of boom mic in order to film videos. And, and, and that would go right into lighting. Um, you know, lighting is, is extremely important in these videos. Um, and there's so many, uh, inexpensive ways right now to do lighting and to film videos. I mean, everybody wants to, to just go up and, and shoot a video, which, which is great. I think you should be doing it, but you know, some of the basic fundamental, you know, tripod lighting and sound are, are three of probably the most important things in my eye in order to kind of get going in that, in that, uh, down, down the right path with, with regards to video content. What are you, what, let's talk about your, um, post-production process. How much time are you spending on, um, your post-production process? What are you doing besides editing the thumbnail? Um, so I, I film it. Most of it is filmed on my phone, right? So I film it. I, I have an, uh, a pixel three. Uh, and so I, and I, so it's Google based, right? So anytime I film anything on there, it automatically uploads to, to Google photos. <clears throat> and so what I do is, you know, it downloads immediately to Google photos in most cases. And then, and then the, the times that I don't, I shoot it on a DSLR. I have a DSLR with like a boom mic on the top. The problem I found with that, um, is that getting the focus, right? Right. I mean, sometimes I'll look at it, it looks like it's in focus and then I'm done with the video and I realize that eh, it's not really in focus and I just shot a 10 minute video. Screw it. I'm putting it out there. Um, so <laughs> I use my phone more often because of that. Um, I know there's better cameras out there, you know, that, that do that. I just I'm getting traction based on what I'm doing now. And, you know, at some point I'll probably transition into a different camera. Um, but for now, DSLR occasionally my phone most of the time um, once i film it i download it um, again i don't usually have cuts in my video right so i film it in one take and then i, I drop it into camtasia um, i use a mac for for editing and, and that sort of thing so i drop it into camtasia i import it basically what i do is i cut the front of the video the end of the video and um, and then export it and then from there i have a video so i would say the process of uploading it cutting it you know, editing it from there probably takes me, I don't know, maybe three, four minutes. It's, it's pretty, pretty, pretty quick. Um, and then, you know, from there I, I upload it and upload the thumbnail into, to, uh, to YouTube and, or, you know, now I found out that, you know, which I didn't even know this until last week that LinkedIn basically has its own, uh, video base now where you can upload directly into LinkedIn uh, a lot like Facebook. So, you know, I primarily I'm doing it on YouTube and then, 
sharing it on Facebook, sharing it on LinkedIn and, and, and that sort of thing. I'm not or uploading it directly to YouTube in most cases or directly to LinkedIn. Um, that may change. I've just from a, you know, I'm a real estate agent, right? I'm not a, I'm not a video production guy. I'm not a, uh, an influencer, but what I found is that, you know, it's, it's really easy to get sucked down this rabbit hole. Um, so I'm trying to keep real estate as, as my, is my uh, main gig and uh, it focus as little a time on this as possible while still providing value. So I would say the process is, is pretty quick, but it gets time consuming as, as it goes on um, just be, from the research, from, you know, figuring out what you're going to talk about, kind of writing a brief description, trying to figure out the keywords. I would say that the keyword and the description takes the longest. So I would say, you know, full time and shooting a video, editing, thumbnail, everything that has to have, I probably spend an hour, an hour a day on one video um, in order to get it out. That's actually really surprising to me because uh, we had someone earlier comment that, you know, you must have a whole crew to do the amount of videos you're doing. Uh, and if you would ask me, you know, how long would it take to shoot a video, edit it, you know, get it out there in a way that's satisfactory? I would say, oh, you know, two hours at least. You're doing it in an hour. That's astounding. Are you just are you just really ruthless with yourself and being like, hey, listen, I have you know, I'm gonna get this thing out here. It's not gonna be perfect. It's it's gotta be good, it's gotta be consistent, it's just gotta, it's gotta live in the world. Is that sort of your mindset? Yeah, or I, I, that's it, that's a hundred percent it. I, I've yeah. I've basically made a commitment at this point um that I'm gonna do video five days a week, right? And so I every day, and some days I'll do two. Like on Thursday, I put out two videos, right? Um just funky. It was easier to do two in one day than have to worry about what I was going to do on Wednesday. Uh, but what I try, what I tried to do prior to this whole thing is I tried to film my whole week's videos in one day, right? So if it was if I was posting three videos, say that week or whatever, I filmed all three in one day, and then I used I would edit the first one, and then I would use nights and early mornings to edit the other two. That way, I was I wasn't impeding on my real estate business at all, right? It was all extra time when I couldn't contact people or I couldn't be doing something that was really real estate related. Unfortunately, with trending topics and being up to date on that sort of thing, it's it's really difficult to film five in advance, right? Because you know we're talking about you know the Fed lowering their Fed funds rate or Fannie Mae saying that they're not requiring uh, people to pay back, you know, the forbearance all in, in one lump, whatever it is, right. you can't film that five days in advance or you can, but I don't know how it's, you know, if it's going to get the growth that it gets when you put it out there immediately. Right. And so I've tried to, you know, not put a lot of fluff in the videos. Right. I mean, I don't have an intro. I don't have an exit. It's like, you know, on, on the video, I'm just, Hey, it's me talking, you know, and, and, you know, put it out there whether or not I think it's perfect or not. I mean, I, honestly, sometimes I'll shoot a video and I'm like, that sucked. And I'll, <laughs> and I'll watch it. And I'm like, you know, and then I'll send it to somebody. I'll say, hey, check this out. See what you think. Like, don't analyze it 100. Like, just do you think the information is valuable? And they're like, yeah, yeah. I, I thought you, know, you could have done this or that. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to put it out there. And so I put it out. I mean, it's that's the hardest part. Really easy yeah. to overthink. You know, there's a saying that says what's easy to do is also easy not to do. Yep. It's really easy to, to keep looking at that video going, it, I think it could get better. I think I'm not, I'm just not going to do anything. I'm not going to put it out there. So, so you know, Jeff, just, Jeff when life gets back to normal, do you anticipate still trying to do 
a video a day or do you think that, you know, as things go back to normal, do you think you'll scale it back a little bit? Ah, that's a difficult question, Scott. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I would like to think that I do five days a week. Um, I, 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 like I said, I'm competitive. I enjoy this, man. I like, I like the idea of um, this thing kind of feeding on itself and seeing where it goes because, you know, I started out, you know, I, like I said, I've been on YouTube since I think 2011. If you, if you look at my channel, right. I didn't post anything for, you know, seven or eight years and, maybe not less than that, maybe three or four years. Right. And then, so for five or six of those after that, it was just one video here and there. And I didn't really try to grow this thing until maybe six months ago. And now that I've seen it and I kind of see where it's going, I think it, if you really want to grow it, you've got to stay at five days a week. I think if you slack off of it a little bit, I think that may change the, the way that it feeds on itself, you know, and, and there's only one way to find out is, is to stop doing it. But Again, I mean, I, I'm enjoying the idea of That's learning cool. information that I probably wouldn't have known otherwise, and kind of being an expert um, in a in in a topic without you know it really being my forte, right? I mean, I've I I know more about forbearance now than hell. I, I mean, than <laughs> probably. 99% of the population out there. And that's just because I've read so much on it and watched so many videos on it and been up to date on it that, you know, I, I kind of, I, I enjoy the, uh, you know, the learning aspect, but also being able to provide value to people. I mean, I think people are really getting something from it, which is, is ultimately the goal. And the feedback loop and the comment stream probably really fuels your your enthusiasm as well you're like wow i'm really i'm really making a difference people are actually listening to me and they're asking questions and they value my opinion right no absolutely and then you of course you get the people that they'll tell you you're crazy and, and all that you know <laughs> and it's uh that was retarded you know, it's hard to uh, to have because you want to fire off and be like you know whatever but like like in real estate, you learn to just kind of sit on it for five, 10 minutes, and then you you make your responses versus, but I even respond to those, right? I, 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 I comment, like if somebody said something that, you know, that not that I'm insulted by, but almost like, you know, like, you could be, not, if you, it's not, you know, well, shit, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, you know, um, <laughs> I, I respond to that stuff, because I found, you know, I mean, people, there's a lot of people out there that know more, way more than I do about a lot of things. And so, you know, I try to take, if somebody gives me some, some information, I say, you know, you know what, you're probably right. Thanks. And maybe use that in the future for something else. You, you know, um, I think we're getting ready to, to close out here and we'll, we'll get closing comments and everything. And Jeb, we really, we, we really appreciate you coming on here and sharing this. This is something you're in the trench. You're doing this right now. This is real time. We've got real statistics. Um, the thing that I'd probably want people to take away from this. And this has to do with all content. Yes, it is hard coming up with content, but it's also hard being an expert. And to be an expert, you have to constantly be reading and educating yourself. And so what I always look at this type of content, whether you're writing or whether you're creating video, we are in the people business. We make money by having conversations with people. 
and having conversations with people from our position of expertise. So anytime you put information online, you are, when I said you had 60,000 conversations with people without you having to be face to face, that wasn't a joke. That is 100% real. You are out there having conversations. It's a one-sided conversation, but you are having conversations. You're building trust. Um, people are, are learning, they're respecting you. They're starting to, to share your information. They're telling their friends, hey, this guy is an expert. He knows what he's talking about. You can call it karmic marketing. You can call it whatever you want, but you are putting so much good stuff into the world. And, and we didn't really touch on this, but you, you sort of touched on it. You have no expectation for any sort of specific reciprocation for any of this. I mean, you're not helping people go through forbearance isn't going to help you sell homes necessarily, at least not right now. But if people find themselves in a position where they need a realtor, I bet you probably helped enough homeowners out there, maybe 60,000 of them or so in the last 60 days that would think of you. And now they're thinking, hey, what about that Jeb guy? We should probably reach out to him. Uh, my prediction on this is that you're going to be so buried in questions um, and activity in the next six to 12 months from what you're doing today that you're not even going to know what hit you. That's my prediction. I mean, that would be awesome. Yeah. That would be awesome. Do you guys have any final questions before we wrap up here? Probably the last thing, let, let me throw one more thing in there. Uh, Jeb does a really good job of his descriptions. I think that's really important. And he puts a lot of links in there. Go to Jeb's uh, YouTube channel, subscribe to his YouTube channel, not only because it helps him, but because you want to see um, a best practices for a starting point. Um, the last little tip on YouTube is if you put links, you have to put the entire address. You can't just put www in the address. You have to put the HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash, and then you can get a live link in YouTube. That's kind of like a little trick. If you just put www, it won't be a link and it won't link out. So there you go. There you go. Little geeky nugget for you. <laughs> Jeb, where can people find you besides YouTube? Where do you exist on the internet? Uh, Instagram, uh, Jeb Smith. So first and last name. And then, uh, you know, from there, that's probably what I post on the most, but I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook too. So just, uh, if you're interested in all things real estate, catch up, I can answer any questions you have. And, you know, the one thing that I always go back to on this, um, and this will be my parting words is that, uh, you know, my, my, one of my mentors, Brian Buffini says it, he says, people are drowning in information, but starving for wisdom. Right. So there's a lot of information out there, you know, what you provide, you know, just provide value to people and people will, you know, and provide, you know, they'll see value in it and, and probably think of you. So, um, you know, that's my my last my last take. Awesome. Well, Jeb, thank you so much for coming on the marketing trench. Really appreciate that. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. And look, if you're listening to this conversation, you think this is really interesting. I'd love to hear more thoughts about how to do marketing on video, or maybe you want to start doing marketing to your past clients. You've just been inspired to do marketing in general. I encourage you to go over to our website, marketingtrench.fm. You can find the past episodes that we've recorded on all kinds of subjects about uh, email marketing, website marketing, becoming a digital mayor, all kinds of really great content there. We've also posted some of Jeb's tips in the comments on this video. So if you're just joining us, scroll, check those comments out, check out the timeline when we post them. You can listen to what he had to say about that when we posted those comments. 
do check out the other podcasts in our uh, network. We're a part of the Real Disrupt Podcast Collaborative Network. We're one of the proud founding members of that. So go to realdisrupt.com to check out some amazing podcasts that they have there, some stuff for lenders, some stuff for real estate agents, nothing for escrow because we're boring, (laughs) but there are other really great podcasts. So go check those out. That is part of the Real Disrupt Podcast Network, realdisrupt.com. Until next time, this has been The Marketing Trench. Yeah. See you. (laughs)